0: Welcome back to The Vine Church Podcast. Today, we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel, and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, folks. Hopefully we're online here. Uh, So uh, Joshua and I decided uh, that in good traditional style, We would come on together uh, as we round out our series in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, So we're going to just, I mean, let's just read verse 28 of chapter 5 for the sake of completeness. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, so yes, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you this morning as you're as you're watching. Um, so I don't know what you think, Joshua. I mean, I, for me, one Thessalonians it's been it's been like being in a sweet shop, a kid in a sweet shop. I I find it hard to know where to start in terms of my highlights. It's just I think such a rich, beautiful book. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been uh, if anyone wants evidence of the inspiration of Scripture. I think this is a great place to just see how God can author something that is so uh, so profound. So, what do you think? How? What do you want to tell us? One of your highlights from the, from the book, Joshua.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've been in 1 Thessalonians now since I think it was early January that we started it. Um, so, it's taken us quite a long time to go through it, and I think there's a lot. There's lots of things that have kind of come out. Lots of things to pick up. You know, as you just said, it's like being in a sweet shop. Um, i think one of the things that really comes through i wouldn't want to limit it to just one verse or one kind of passage within the book but really a theme that comes through really clearly in one thessalonians is what christian leadership looks like in opposition to kind of worldly leadership um paul is is so insistent on uh his his care for the church and any command any instruction that he gives them comes out of his kind of tender um love for them it's it it really comes through all the way and then in chapter five when you kind of end with that long section of uh short pithy commands he has that point about um respecting those in authority over you knowing how much they they care for you and labor for you um it's this kind of mutual love that exists between christian leadership and kind of the Christian laity Uh, and I I love, I really love that um, point. I especially like Mm -hmm. in chapter two, when he's kind of reminding them of his care for them in chapter two uh, verses uh, from verse six, he says, "'Nor do we seek glory from people, "'whether from you or from others, "'though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, "'like a nursing mother taking care of her own children, so, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. It's just such a kind of fascinating view into how Paul sees his role as a leader, and therefore how Christian leaders, since Paul, should see themselves as leaders. You know, we had the right to make demands of you, but actually, we wanted to share ourselves with you we wanted to, to to show that we care. I think that's really profound. And carry um, on. OK, uh, I just think it's a really profound point and a very, um, it's very foundational to a Christian view of what leadership looks like. You know, Jesus is the one who modelled servant leadership. It's, it's I mean, and I know I can I can go on a bit now, but, you know, consider how foreign this was in the in the in the Roman world. I mean, when Jesus says the Gentiles lord it over people, he wasn't making a derogatory statement. They really did lord their authority over people if you were the leader it was your job to make everyone else know that you're a leader and stick their nose in it right. um, but jesus models this um you know compassionate caring servant leadership which you just see paul as an apostle of christ uh, continuing to model and continuing to set as an example for us yes i, I love yeah. that one. yeah that's brilliant i love it thank you yeah what about yourself andy what's what's really come out and stood out for you in, in one of the Thessalonians?
0: Well, I suppose the big thing is is really, if you like, you could put it like this, the perseverance of the saints. The the fact that this fledgling church has um, managed to survive uh, Paul's absence when they were so vulnerable, really. I mean, literally, Paul had been there for four to six weeks, perhaps, uh, preached the gospel, um, Mm -hmm. laid foundations, but then left in a hurry. The Jews had turned on him. Uh, he's got strong condemnation of the Jews in this in this letter, of course, uh, but actually uh, they have turned against him. And so he leaves and uh, he goes, carries on his journey to Berea, Athens, down into Corinth. Sort of 18 months later, he's he can't stand it any longer because, as you say, he's this father and his mother who cares for his his child and uh, he wonders if they're still there even, you know, if they survived the hostility. And I was thinking of um, those, that television program, you know, with Davina McCall and um, uh, uh, Campbell, you know, I can't remember his first name now, but uh, you know, where you trace back, someone traces back their birth mother or their birth father or their, their long lost child or whatever. Mm. And there was an account I remember of a, um, a mother young mother who put her baby on the doorstep of a pub, and then um, was forced to kind of leave this baby there. And you know, now as a as a older woman, she's, she's wondering whether this baby survived, even you know, what happened to it? Did it? Did it even survive the night? What what happened? Um, And then uh, she, you know, discovers Davina McCall comes knocking on her door and says we've done some DNA testing, and we think we found your, your long lost child, you know, and this Mm -hmm. child is now um, going out in the world and has got children and is you know uh, and it's like that with Paul he's kind of this little baby is it this church is so vulnerable but actually he discovers from Timothy it's not only surviving it's mm-hmm. thriving I mean this church is they love one another the grace of God is at work in them that the message is ringing out across Greece Uh, from them this is a thriving evangelistic church that's that's full of life it's got issues which he's writing to deal with but you know god has got hold of these people because the gospel came with power in the first place not just with words and so it was god who started something in them so god's going to carry it on and so he can finish the letter confidently by saying you know the god who god who calls you is faithful and he will do it mm-hmm. and then he says so the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you because yeah the grace of god is with them there's evidence of that uh, and so there's full confidence that he will continue. So I'm getting a bit excited about it, but I just think that's incredible testimony of the power of the gospel. Uh, and actually, you know, the Vine Church here, other churches, you think, not met for 18 months. Are we still, you know, is, are we still a thing? Yeah, of course, because God keeps his people. God preserves his saints and God will gather his people again. Mm. Wonderful,
1: wonderful. Wonderful. Mm.
0: This- so yeah, that's that's my big point. I've got one tiny little one to mention at the end, but no, you
1: tell me your final thoughts, uh, Joshua. That'd be wonderful. My final thought to kind of to move from a, a general theme, which kind of sums up the whole letter, to a specific passage. I love the end of chapter four on the the hope of the resurrection. Uh, I was just talking to Anna the other day about how often when we think about you know loved ones who have died or or um, Things like that, we tend to go well. At least they're in a better place. At least they're in heaven. And I don't want to undermine that. that, that is a really you know great reality. But even when we're thinking about it, I think it's hard for us to conceive of um, a kind of uh, that kind of spiritual experience because we've never we've never experienced heaven before. But it's not really something we can compare it to. Mm. I think the thing is, if we if we put heaven in its proper context, that it's where we go upon where we die, but we're waiting for what Paul makes really clear here. You know, resurrection. Suddenly, our future becomes something that we can relate to, but also something that goes far beyond what we can relate to. You know, the the um, the fact that you can uh, touch and feel and do mundane things in the resurrection, but also the fact that we're not just going to kind of be spirits with loved ones, but we will all be raised together. You know, I just love how um, the Thessalonians are saying, with uh, you know, we've lost loved ones; they're dead now. What do we do about that? And, and Paul's kind of response is, "Don't worry, Christ is going to return." and he'll raise them and he'll raise us and we'll all be changed to dwell with him. Uh, Resurrection is just such a hopeful uh, theme, which just answers so many questions. And I think it really gives us something concrete that we can look forward to, that we can relate to, that we can be enthused about. Um, So uh, yeah, I I just love that, um, the ending of chapter four there, Um, yeah. Absolutely.
0: yeah it's a really significant section isn't it um yeah you sort of think each letter has something to contribute if we didn't have one thessalonians in the canon of scripture there would be some big chunks missing out yeah uh, miss-
1: uh, from our understanding and um yeah that's that's yeah. that's that's a great one mm. Mm. yeah um and any any final uh little tidbits you want to give us Andy? well i mean just i suppose just to finish whilst there's this
0: amazing future to look forward to and whilst uh, the grace of God is going to be with us for the future in the present Paul gives these wonderful staccato imperatives to us as to how to live right now right here in this fallen broken world and you know just all those wonderful instructions he gives us there um, Mm. about being joyful always and so on praying continually just instructions for the worship life of the church and I guess at the centre of it, I did find it provoking, do not put out the spirit's fire, you know, this whole thing of, um, you know, that actually we need we need to be a people who are fanning the flames of uh, the, the fire of God amongst us and we need to, uh, you know, not be soakers but stokers of the fire, I think. And I think we're going to have a job to do as we start gathering again to to stoke the fire again, um, putting God's word, uh, do not treat prophecy with contempt, putting God's word at the centre of that. But then encouraging, you know, the gifts of the spirit, encouraging joy, uh, prayer, all the other things that that go with um, not putting out the spirit's fire. So um, we've got a, a job to do in the here and now. Be, you know because god is with us and and so that's uh yeah been good fun mm. now joshua i
1: think we might have something to announce as we finish i think we do um so next week so we've now finished thessalonians yay um, next week we have a thank new... you everybody
0: for sticking with us we appreciate that
1: yeah, yeah. No, no it's been a, it's been a good uh long journey through it uh, it's been very enjoyable hopefully on both ends um, but we are going to start next week going through a new uh, new series and... Uh, drum roll, drum roll. Joshua's going to announce it. For, we're going to go through devotionals through Zechariah, or we like to call it the Gospel according to Zechariah, the Book of Zechariah. And If you've ever read Zechariah, you might be thinking, oh boy, a d- devotional series in Zechariah, what's <laughs> that going to look like? Um, fair enough. I mean, me and Andy feel the challenge ourselves, but we, we just think that there is so much uh, goodness so many nuggets of of real um well I say devotional um joy to be, to be found in Zechariah so yeah. we're um we're gonna start to wade into those waters um yeah so yeah if if you like to get ready for Tuesday just try and read through Zechariah if you find yeah. it maybe a bit confusing that's fine because we'll be unpacking it and yeah. everything. but yeah Exactly. And we're going to keep it light and we're going to just
0: uh, not, you know, stay on the surface a bit. We'll go into it, but we're not going to we're not going to be as intensive as we have with one Thessalonians. But it is. I I mean, I think it's a wonderful segue from the end of this letter, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you Mm -hmm. into the grace, the doctrines of grace, the gospel of Zechariah, because it's almost wants to be in the new testament that book so it's uh you know it's going to be exciting to have a look at that so would you like to lead us in prayer as we finish
1: of course heavenly father we thank you that you've given us your son and lord jesus we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in humility and in power we thank you that you've sent the spirit and the spirit has filled us and transformed us and has given us your word in the Holy Scriptures. Lord, as we've spent so many weeks just chewing over this book, Lord, we pray that it wouldn't be like uh, looking in a mirror, then walking away and forget what we look like, but rather we would be chewing on the contents of this book over the next few weeks, months, and even years, Lord, that they would shape us. And we pray that as we move into uh, Zechariah, that you would give us understanding and wisdom and um, come to it as a means of worshiping the living God. So bless us this day, we pray and teach us to um, love you and to bless you. Amen. Amen.